Hub and Spoke Audio Collective Hi, I'm Willow Belden and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. This season, we're exploring the theme Secrets of the Earth. Each episode, we're harnessing the power of nature to uncover new truths and help us understand our own humanity. Today, we have a story about rekindling hope. But before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor for the season, Peak Visor. If you're anything like me, when you're out in the mountains, you probably like to know what you're looking at. For example, if you're out on a hike and you see gorgeous peaks off in the distance, you want to know what they are. But oftentimes, it's hard to figure it out because hiking maps usually only show you the immediate vicinity. That's where Peak Visor comes in handy. It's an app that's made just for this kind of situation. It'll figure out where you are, and then it'll tell you all the mountains you're looking at. It gives you their names, their elevations, how far away they are. The app also has all sorts of features that are helpful for trip planning, and you can keep track of your accomplishments with their peak bagging feature. If you'd like your own personal mountain guide, check out Peak Visor in the App Store. You just might love it. And now, on to our story for today. If you've ever suffered from depression, you know how insidious it can be. It has this way of seeping into every aspect of life and sucking away the joy. No matter how hard you try to find silver linings, the world seems dark and bleak and lonely. So how do you rekindle hope? Today's story is about finding a way out of the pain. And it's about what nature can give us when the tide is very low. And just so you know, this story contains some adult language. Twenty twenty was a rough year for pretty much everyone, but it was especially hard for Carolyn McDonald. I was had gone through a horrible breakup, and I was just so heartbroken. And the same day, this my guy just suddenly out of the blue ended it in the middle of a sentence. You know, my sister passed away six days later. It was like double grief. And then Carolyn got COVID, not once, but twice. Both times she was sick for months. Remember, this was long before there was a vaccine. The symptoms were excruciating, crushing headaches, stabbing pains in her organs, difficulty breathing, brain fog. But what made it even worse was the isolation. 
Carolyn had just moved to California from the East Coast, and she didn't know anyone. Besides, this was the point where people were going into lockdown. Even if she'd had friends locally, they wouldn't have been able to see her. I was very depressed. Um, Like, I remember waking up and just literally praying, just, is this going to lift? And, and being on the verge of tears all the time and just feeling hopeless. I'd never felt that in my life before, and I've been through some you know, troubling times and challenges in my life, but this was the first time that I really honestly felt hopeless, and it was, that was a little frightening for me. Month after month went by. The symptoms of long COVID lingered, the isolation continued, the depression worsened. It got to the point where she couldn't see a way forward, couldn't imagine a future in which things would be okay. The mornings were the worst. Um, I'd just be very, very heavily woeful in the morning and, and oftentimes waking up in tears. She tried to cheer herself up as best she could. She listened to podcasts, motivational sermons, self-help books. But those things only offered a temporary reprieve. Like, you know, taking an Advil, you know, or a painkiller. It works for a while, um, and then it goes away. The beach was the one, you know, saving grace because, you know, people were, you know, nobody was allowed to go anywhere. You couldn't, you know, certainly to cafes, barely to the grocery store. So it was so um, cathartic um, to be able to go to the beach. Just just being there, sitting on the sand, watching the, the, the sun and, and birds, I became a a bird, um, not a bird watcher or aficionado, but just getting into watching the sandpipers versus the seagulls versus the, the birds I still don't have the names for, but just watching them, you know, patter around and, and go out and run to the sea and come back with the wave. So I went every day because I literally live seven minute walk, a seven, you know, so I would, you know, take my time when my energy wasn't as much. Um, but I would go out, I have this little blanket and, and I just sit there and uh, that was, you know, it still is my thing. The beach was soothing, but just like the podcasts and sermons, it was only a temporary band-aid. Once she got home, she'd sink back into gloom, and the next morning, she'd wake up as sad as ever. And then, one day, something happened. Something that would help her in a way she never could have imagined. Man, that was one of those days. It was just one of those days where I remember weeping that morning. I remember waking up just like, when is this shit going to be over? When am I going to wake up one morning and not be in pain? When am I going to wake up? What morning am I going to wake up and not feel heavy and not cry and 
it just wouldn't leave. And I, that was just one of those, those, those meltdown days. It was a meltdown morning. And um, I just, just, you know, at my, my dining room table, I just like, okay, okay. And I just stopped and I said, just go to the beach. And uh, I um, was, you know, walking along, you know, and, and you know, as I, 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 you know, and I was angry. I remember just being angry. It just, is anything going to change? I just, I just want the shit to be over. I just, you know, and so I remember thinking like, okay, I'm not even, and again, that sense of hopelessness too. Like, okay, I'm not even going to like look up because... If I look up, I'll think there's going to be hope, and I know there's no hope. This shit is not going to change. I've been, every morning I'm waking up like this, so I might as well keep my head down, because nothing good is going to happen, and I'm just going to keep my head down. So she's walking along the beach, chin to her chest, staring at the ground, and then all of a sudden, something catches her eye. A pattern in the sand. And then another, and another. Some looked like trees, some looked like people, animals, Egyptian glyphs, all carved into the sand by the ocean. They were extraordinarily detailed and just gorgeous. It was low tide and... There's the water, as it was trickling in on each wave, it would, you know, the water would run up to the beach and it would just kind of carve these amazing, intricate forms into the sand. And, and I kept thinking when I saw them of the word spectacular and all those words, you know, spectacular, stupendous. I was just blown away by the, the, the detail, the intricacy of what water could do um, into sand at low tide. And it's the first time I remember feeling awe, you know, because again, it's a word we use, but how many times do we actually experience awe? You know, but I was very aware of awe. Carolyn had walked this beach many times. And sure, waves often make patterns in the sand. But this was different. She had never seen anything like it. These etchings were ethereal, otherworldly. I don't know how to say it and not make it sound like too woo-woo, but I felt like they appeared for me that day and they were a sign that everything's gonna be all right. Instinctively, Carolyn pulled out her phone and started taking pictures. She had always loved photography and something about these shapes compelled her to capture them. And once she started, she couldn't stop. She took photograph after photograph after photograph, circling around the shapes, experimenting with different angles. I remember 
tiptoeing around them. I remember not wanting to disturb them or mess them up or put footprints because there were some that had footprints and people were, you know, you could tell were just walking over them and walking through them and stepping on them. And I was like, how could you step on these things? Carolyn has no idea how long she stayed out there. All she knows is she didn't want to leave. The act of photographing these sand patterns was so joyful. She was totally and utterly in the zone. And as she took picture after picture, she felt something shift inside her. I forgot completely about my own woes. <laughs> I remember just getting caught up in awe, just utter awe. There on the beach, surrounded by nature's art, Carolyn felt something she hadn't experienced in a very long time. Hope. Because I had no concept of nature creating something like this. I had no concept of the sea water, tricklings of sea water being able to carve such beautiful images into the sand. I did not know that could occur. And so she thought to herself, if nature can create something so marvelous, so unexpected, so out of the realm of anything I could have imagined, maybe there are more surprises in store too. Just maybe, maybe though I can't see my life getting better, just maybe there's possibility for something amazing to occur that I couldn't conceive. We'll hear the rest of the story in a moment. But first, since we're on the topic of the beach today, I want to pause for a moment and tell you about one of our sponsors, Rumpel. Rumpel is on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. And it all started when the founders went on a surf and ski trip through California. On this trip, they got stuck in the back of their car in freezing temperatures. And so while they waited for rescue, they bundled up in sleeping bags to stay warm. And that's when they realized how much better the materials in their sleeping bags felt than what was on their beds back home. And so they came up with the idea for a sleeping bag blanket. Rumpel's original puffy blanket pairs durable ripstop nylon with a DWR finish that's water, stain, and odor resistant. The blankets are machine washable, and they're a great way to stay comfortable and warm on any adventure. You can shop their line of over 140 prints and designs at rumple.com slash out there and use the code out there for 10% off your first order. That's 10% off your first order when you head to rumple.com slash out there and use code out there at checkout. Support also comes from Kula Cloth. Kula Cloth makes premium pea cloths. And in case you're new to pea cloths, they are just what they sound like. 
They're reusable cloths that you can use instead of toilet paper when you pee outdoors. They're designed for women and anyone who squats when they pee. I've been using a pee cloth for years, and it is a game changer. It makes backcountry hygiene so much easier. For 15% off your Kula cloth order, go to outtherepodcast.com slash Kula and enter the promo code OUTTHERE2023 at checkout. That's outtherepodcast.com slash K-U-L-A, promo code OUTTHERE2023. And now, back to the story. That day at the beach brought back memories for Carolyn. Memories from her childhood. Memories of falling in love with photography. She remembers sneaking into her mother's bedroom as a little girl and borrowing the camera. You know, she'd put it back on the, on the dresser in the bedroom and I would sneak it, you know. I would, like, just take it off the dresser and I would go to the door and, you know, take a picture real quick. And then I'd go, you know, put it back and, of course, get busted when the film comes back, you know. Like, where did this extra picture come from? Eventually, she saved up enough money doing chores to buy her own camera. And she started photographing everything. Waterfalls, airplanes, her family, people at school. She loved every minute of it. It brought her so much joy. But then life got in the way. Growing up in a, you know, like a lot of us, not all of us, but for me, growing up in a working class, um, lower socioeconomic um, household, you know, you're, you know, guided and groomed to get a job, you know, and not, you know, being not from a family or community that knew you could possibly have a job as a photographer, you know, and so when it came time to earn a living, I kind of just put it aside. Over the years, she dabbled here and there, took a course in college, photographed things she saw around town. She even had a show or two. But it never turned into anything serious. Photography was always just a hobby for her, relegated to the sidelines. And as we all know, it's hard to keep a childhood passion alive when you're just trying to get through the difficult task of being an adult. But now, here at the beach, she felt that same giddy excitement she'd felt as a kid. I was so aware of being back in that zone of joy, being aware that you love this. Carolyn photographed every single sand pattern that day. She didn't want to miss a thing. These images were so special. When she was done, she raced home and uploaded the photos onto her computer. And when she looked at them, she was blown away. These photos were good. Really good. She had never prided herself on her own work. But even she could see the artistry here. I'm looking at this 
that thing right there is dope. Don't that 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 image right there, that frame now, that's amazing. Okay, I created it, but even if I wasn't me and I would see that in a gallery, I would want to buy that. And it was then, as she allowed herself to admire her own work for the first time, that Carolyn had a surprising thought. These photographs she'd created, these were art. And she was an artist. She had never thought of herself that way before, not in her wildest fantasies. Even though, as I said, I had taken photos and had photography exhibits, it was something about these images specifically that gave me permission to say you're an artist. The thought was a little scary, but it was also liberating. Over the next few weeks, Carolyn sifted through her photos. She edited them, sorted them, gave them names, and she started to think about what she could do with them. Perhaps they could become a series. Maybe they could even be the start of a new career for her. A career as a photographer. She started making inquiries, reached out to galleries, brainstormed ideas for generating income. And then she took one final step, something she'd been kind of avoiding. It's so funny, I was uh, having a, a lunch with my daughter on Saturday. And uh, she hadn't seen the new stuff because I'd kind of hidden it in a way, you know. It's like everybody has that person, there, whether it be a parent, a child, or a maid, or whatever, that you hide stuff from. You're, like, afraid what they're going to think of it. And so I hadn't showed her anything. And so I almost kind of mumbled, like, I literally mumbled, like, so now since I'm an artist, you know, it was like, so, it was like, so I'm an artist. It was like the only, you know, that there's only one other person or that person you feel like you need permission from. You know, I didn't care about anybody else. You know what I mean? There's a, but there's always one person you feel like you, whether it's a parent, you know, it's like I needed her validation. She's like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool. And I'm like, okay. One morning, several months after the fateful beach day, Carolyn woke up feeling different. I believe it was a Saturday morning, and I remember distinctly, wow, I'm not in pain today. And I felt lighter. And I was just like, oh my God, I didn't wake up in pain today. She'd been distracted from her sadness before, but now it was just gone. It was like she had so much joy in her heart from her photography work that there wasn't space for depression, too. When we're at our lowest, it can be hard to see a way out. It can be hard to imagine that the pain will ever end or that there's a way forward. But it's also at low tide that some of the most beautiful things can happen. Things that spark wonder and rekindle optimism. Surprises in the sand that offer hope. 
The beach had taught her to have faith. It had taught her to trust that good things are out there, even if you can't quite conceive of them. Just because you, I can't see it or can't see the how, I've got to, this let me know that there is hope beyond my conception of things. You know what I mean? You know, there's, there's room for what you can't imagine. Make room for what you can't imagine. The sand patterns may not be solely responsible for Carolyn's emotional recovery. She still listened to motivational podcasts and sermons. She went to therapy. But that magical day at the ocean was the spark. It's what enabled her to see a future. A future in which her happy place, her art, could be front and center. And no, she hasn't discarded her old life. She didn't quit her day job. But she's intentionally working to create a career out of the thing that brings her joy. And she has the beach to thank for that. like to see some of Carolyn's photos from that day at the beach, head over to our website, outtherepodcast.com. You can also follow Carolyn on Instagram at createdbycarolyn. Coming up next time on Out There, Newt Shottlecotty grew up in Appalachia, but they never felt welcome there. The whole region seemed antithetical to who they were. And then, one day, they went to the Blue Ridge Mountains. It surprised me how much yearning and love I felt. I had distanced myself from this region for so long. Maybe I was wrong to write off an entire region so quickly. Maybe I shouldn't be so rigid in labeling a place as either good or bad. Tune in on June 1st for that story. to believe, but we are already starting to think about our next season. And we'd love your input on what that season should look like. What theme do you want us to focus on? We put together a poll, and I would be so grateful if you'd fill it out. It's super quick, just one question, and you can find the link in the episode description or at outtherepodcast.com. Out There is a proud member of Hub and Spoke, a collective of idea-driven independent podcasts. One of the other shows in the collective that I think you'll really enjoy is called Iconography. They share stories about the icons, both real and imagined, that define our sense of place. One episode I particularly enjoyed is the one about the Boston Marathon and the Sitco sign. 
You can find Iconography wherever you get your podcasts or at iconographypodcast.com. This season of Out There is supported by Peak Visor. Peak Visor is an app that helps you make the most of your adventures in the mountains. They have intricate 3D maps to help you plan out your trips. They have navigation features that help you stay on the right path. They have peak bagging challenges to keep you motivated. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, once you're out on adventures, you can use their peak identification feature to figure out what mountains you're looking at. If you'd like your own personal mountain guide, check out Peak Visor in the App Store. You just might love it. Today's story was produced by me, Willow Belden, story editing by Corinne Ruff, and special thanks to Lori Mortimer for feedback on the sound design. Out There's advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Our audience growth director is Sheba Joseph. Our ambassadors are Tiffany Duong, Ashley White, and Stacia Bennett. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. Special thanks to all our listeners who are supporting Out There with financial contributions, including Eric Biederman, Phil Tim, Doug Frick, Tara Jocelyn, Deb and Vince Garcia, and the family of Mike Lutters. If you'd like to support Out There too, go to patreon.com slash outtherepodcast. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform for creative endeavors, and I have a link to it in the episode description. We'll see you in two weeks, and in the meantime, have a beautiful day, be bold, go outside, and find your dreams.